This is the Colorado Prepscast. Colorado Prep. Western Slope Edition. Presented by Alpine Bank and hosted by Matt Kennedy. Hello and welcome to the Colorado Prepscast Western Slope Edition presented by Alpine Bank. I am Matt Kennedy along with Nathan Deal from the Grand Junction Sentinel back in the studio here today giving you the weekly update of the Chassa Preps on the Western Slope side of Colorado. Nathan, it's exciting uh, it's exciting time. We got a lot of playoff action that's about to go down. Softball's wrapped up. We're in that transition period between fall sports and winter sports. It's it's, it's an exciting time. Yeah, the boys soccer playoff field just got announced uh, earlier this week. So that pretty much leaves football and volleyball as your only regular season sports still going on here over on the Western Slope. So we're we're getting into the nitty-gritty of the sports that are left. And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to look at football because it is grind time in football action. And we're going to talk about the volleyball playoffs, which will be coming up here within the next week or two. But starting at football, let's go ahead and jump all the way up to 4A. Fruita Monument is on the brink of, of breaking out in the crowd. The Wildcats are playing the best football we have seen all year. Three straight wins for Cameron Ross's squad and are looking to get their fourth consecutive win this weekend against Stanley Lake, who is in a must-win situation. Nathan, looking at Fruita coming into this matchup, they really have hit their stride. Yeah, they've, they've been very good since hitting conference play. Really, this has been building for a while because... Uh, you could argue since late September, since they lost a close game to Chatfield, they shut out Grand Junction, they shut out Centaurus, they shut out Thornton, they beat Hinkley 42-6. to Only blemish there is a 21-14 loss at Montrose, who is the number one team in the class. So it's hard to count that loss against them. And I followed that game, and it was a very back-and-forth tied affair that Fruita could have won. So there is a lot of confidence in the Wildcats locker room right now. You talk to Coach Cameron Ross, you know, the offensive line is is doing wonders right now. Cade Bessert's hitting a stride. These running backs are hitting all their strides. And this defense, again, they have three shutouts in their last five games. That's that's a trend that might be a little tough to continue, continue against Stanley Lake. But Fruita's defense is really, really turned on in this last month. Especially in the last three games against Centaurus, Thornton, and Hinkley, they had at least 245 yards rushing each time, including 317 yards total in, versus Centaurus in last week's blowout of, of Hinkley. The Wildcats' defense also chipped in in five turnovers, including four fumble recoveries. Denim Luster and Cade Besser continue to provide the lethal running attack that has helped them accumulate this winning streak. Those two really are a dynamic duo. We know Cade isn't really known for passing the ball. He, uh, he leads the team in rushing touchdowns. Luster himself leads the team with 766 yards on the ground, but is second on the team with seven touchdowns behind Bessard, who leads the way with nine. Fruta is 11th in the RPI rankings, and only the top 16 make it into the playoffs. So they're in good shape, and they're getting hot right at the right time. And they have plenty of weapons on offense. In, in terms of just Luster, you also have Ethan Cox. He, he had a big game this past week. Uh, running the football. Armani Trujillo is someone else who had a very big night, almost a breakout night for the underclassmen this past week, too. So they have a good four-headed attack in their rushing game. Looking at Montrose, let's talk about the top dog. I think it goes without question that Montrose rules the Western Slope, but also rules the state of Colorado in terms of four. The Indians are the best team in that class, according to the Chassa RPI rankings. They remain first 
with their perfect 8-0 record. The Indians have totaled 175 combined points in league wins over Heritage, Denver South, and Gateway. They put up 76 points against Denver South two weeks ago, and then they get back on the bus uh, to play Gateway, and then they put up, I believe it was 50 points in a wild win over the Olympians. They, I mean, they're just they're just too good. Yeah, the Indians, everything we just said about Fruta, and Fruta did give them a good game, but everything you just said about Fruta could also be applied to Montrose. Their defense has been fantastic. I've gotten to see Montrose play in person twice this year, and they haven't given up a point against either Grand Junction or Palisade. Granted, that was Palisade without Cam Tucker. But yeah. from everything I've seen from Montrose, I can't disagree with their spot in the RPI at all. They play Ponderosa this week, who is 14th in the RPI rankings. And I think this will be a good test. Uh, Montrose would love to keep that first place in the RPI rankings. But Ponderosa's defense and offense has been pretty consistent all year. If we know anything, is that once when a team gets rolling this time of the year, when teams like Ponderosa need that one on the record to make a case to strengthen their RPI. As for the Indians, they would love to keep that undefeated train all the way into the playoffs. We're going to talk about Pine Creek in a little bit because they are second behind Montrose with a 7-1 and record. I know I would love to see a Western Slope team beat out Pine Creek, who has won a good majority of the state championships within the last decade. Other games to look at for this weekend, Grand Junction High School is playing against Chatfield this week, and the Tigers need this win because they are 15th in the RPI rankings. They can't really afford to lose. they got to keep that going in order to stay in the playoffs. Yeah, and especially when you look at your crosstown rival Central is also starting to climb up those RPI rankings, and we'll, you know, we'll get to them in a little bit, but... You know, uh, 15 in RPI for a 16-team playoff. This is the time of year where you really have to put your best foot forward. And granted, Chatfield is a very good team. This is a 6-2 and two football team. The Chargers are uh, – you could make a case the best team that Grand Junction has faced in conference play. So if they could pull this out somehow on the road, then that would certainly – it might solidify a postseason bid. That might be a good enough win. That is how important this lone game might be for the Tigers. You and I were talking before the show. We mentioned Dakota Ridge. The Chargers are coming off of a fresh loss against them only a couple of weeks ago, and the Tigers barely lost. Oh, sorry, a couple of weeks ago, the Tigers barely lost to Dakota Ridge. You were at that game. They lost. Was it seventeen to sixteen or sixteen to fifteen? Um, I believe it was by a single point. Yes. If, I, if I'm looking at it. Game was thirteen to twelve. Grand 13 Junction 12. had a late lead, and then Dakota Ridge rallied at the end. It's, it, it. I would say it's the best effort I have seen from Junction against one of the more competitive teams because that's been a thing with with Junction in recent years. Is they can play Palmer and you know yeah. drop 60, 70 points on them, but whenever they play the Montroses, the the Frutas, the Palisades, or the any schools like that, you know they've. They've tended to not perform as well. So they did lose to Dakota Ridge, but it was definitely an inspiring effort in comparison to how they've done against these bigger programs before. So we'll see if they can they can channel that, plus some of their momentum from that win over Bear Creek, see if they can yes. channel that into a good effort at Chatfield. The Tigers have to limit the run. The Chargers average 191 yards on the ground per game. Let's see if they can... Pull that upside off this weekend. Speaking of the Crosstown rival Central, they have another crucial game against Pine Creek. I don't see this one going the right way for the Warriors simply because they are facing Pine Creek. I grew up competing against this team. The Eagles are one of the top two teams in the state with an offense who basically has residency in the end zone. The Warriors can possibly claim the conference crown and probably a state playoff spot if they upend the Eagles. So I'm sure that this game is one 
that they are throwing all their cards on the table for. Yeah, everything we just said about Grand Junction is is probably more so the case for Central. This game is so significant, sitting at number 22 in the RPI. And considering they were 0-4 at one point, and all their losses looked pretty bad, granted they were to quality teams, but... You know, we were sort of thinking their season was over, but now here they are, four straight wins. Granted, their most recent was a uh, a forfeit, but that also means they've had two weeks to prepare for this game. So two weeks to prepare for an opponent like Pine Creek is a very good break for them, for their schedule. Uh, but again, you're – and this one is at Stalker, though. Is it yes, it, yes, it is at Stoker. It helps that you're at Stoker, so that gives them a, a pretty decent chance there. And again, they're feeling a lot of momentum for consecutive wins. But you have to acknowledge all those wins have started coming after the schedule difficulty decreased. So, yeah, this is an incredibly important game. I, I don't know if I want to call this playoff or bust, but it just might be for Central. This game might determine whether they have. They don't have any more chances season. after this. They really, they really don't. Yeah, this I mean, is their last game. big, big opponent because after, after Pine Creek, you know, they, that's their last huge, huge chance in conference. Looking at the other classes real quick, 3A Palisade takes on 2N Battle Mountain this weekend in Vail on Friday. The Bulldogs are trying to stay in playoff contention after a rough start to the season. Palisade looks to be back in their winning ways since getting Cam Tucker back under center. They won last week, and ever since Mr. Tucker has returned from injury, their offense has been producing much better numbers. Yeah, the it's it's like we had mentioned on the podcast earlier in the season, back when Palisade was sitting at 2-3. and three, We said it was a product of a difficult schedule plus Cam Tucker's injury. They really front-loaded that schedule, and we said Tucker or no Tucker, Palisade was going to dominate their conference. And I don't think they've even needed Tucker to do the things they have in conference. But the fact that they have had Tucker has made it so much easier for them. So at this point, I think it's pretty clear they're rolling into the playoffs. They're already number 12 in RPI. They're not going to be as high of a seed as they've been in recent years. But I would be absolutely shocked if Palisade drops either the last two games or even comes close to it, frankly. To a rifle, they've actually dropped in the RPI rankings despite their perfect 8-0 record. They were first last week, but since then have dropped down to third after their 21-9 victory over Basalt. The Bears have the best running back in the class of 2A, in my opinion, and statistically in Levi Warfeld. He continues to be a beast for the Bears in the win against Basalt. He had 170 yards and one touchdown. In terms of how he matches up in the state, Warfeld is a top 10 rusher in the entire state of Colorado with over 1,400 yards rushing. Nathan, how do the Bears look against the rest of the 2A field? I think pretty good. Well, yeah, they've already they've already proven themselves. That that Delta game spoke a lot to me. I, I remember when we were talking about predictions for that, and I said it would be a pretty low-scoring game, and then Rifle proceeded to score 47 points yeah. against a defense that had allowed uh, 14 the entire season. Uh, yeah, you you of course, there's always the the question of when you get into the playoffs and you play these front-range teams, how is that going to change things? But Rifle has definitely captured a lot of people's attention. Damon Wells, actually the Denver Broncos coach of the week in Colorado this week. That's true. Uh, he, in his 13th season, he's been around doing this a while for the Bears. So that's another thing. He, he has been in this similar kind of situation with Rifle before. So I don't think this spot, these rankings are going to have any kind of mental effect on them either. So I think that is a strong strong point for them as far as the mental aspect of the game. 
They play Moffitt County this weekend, who lost 52 to nothing to Delta, who I feel actually beat, like Nathan just mentioned uh, a few weeks ago. Moffitt County is 5-3. and three. Do we see an upset happening? Probably not. I'm looking ahead and looking forward to the teams that Rifle will see in the playoffs. And bringing it back to Delta, who at a time was number two behind Rifle. They are fifth in the RPI standings currently, which improved after their 52 to nothing win against Moffitt. Nolan Bynum, their quarterback, had a fantastic game, throwing for three touchdowns and rushing for another. Seven different players got into the end zone for the Panthers. This week, they'll close out the regular season against a one-win Cole Ridge team, so it's pretty much safe to say that Delta is already planning for the playoffs. Yeah, and the you know, you got to give credit to the Panthers. They have that big loss to to rifle, and I'm sure that was disappointing because a lot of their conference hopes were riding on that game. Uh, but to their credit, they've bounced back and actually improved their RPI standing because I believe they were at number eight going into that rifle game. So they've actually, despite that loss, not really been that hurt by it as far as their overall resume. And then finally, 1A and Meeker. The Cowboys are fourth in RPI rankings heading into their final regular season game of the year. Last week, the Cowboys improved to 7-1 and one after defeating Olathe 42-14. This week, they will play against Hotchkiss, who is also 7-1. The Bulldogs are another top-10 team in the state. They defeated Cedarridge 45-6 last week. That saw running back Jace Peebles put up 170 yards and two scores on the ground. Peebles will be a problem for Meeker if they do not stop him early so far this year. The junior has racked up 1,300 rushing yards and a 14 total touchdowns, 12 of them being on the ground. His productivity is right up there with Warfel as one of the best in the state. Alpine Bank understands your time is valuable. Make more time for watching and supporting local high school sports by using Alpine Bank's mobile app. You can bank on the go and get back to the game quickly so you don't miss a beat or that winning point. Learn more about Alpine Bank and its mobile app at alpinebank.com. Member FDIC. Jumping from football to volleyball, it is the end of the regular season, so it is the final week tournaments happening this weekend. The local one is the Coleridge tournament happening on Friday, November 1st in Coleridge. Local Western Slope teams will be competing there to close out the regular season. Palisade is one of the teams featured. They play they play Pagosa Springs in their first game on Friday at 1. The Bulldogs so far this year are 12-7 and seven and are second in the Western Slope League behind Glenwood Springs. Palisade has lost two games in a row. Their last game was a 3-1 to one set loss to Eagle Valley. In a game prior, they got swept by Glenwood back on October 24th. Nathan, two out of the last three losses for Palisade have been at the hands of Glenwood. The Demons are also competing in the Coleridge tournament on Friday. They play Coleridge that morning at 10, but Palisade is looking for some redemption. Yeah, they're, you know, Glenwood's kind of been a thorn in their side, and, you know, they definitely want to enter the postseason with a little more momentum than they seem to have right now. They were hoping with, you know, Kendall McCaskill would help lead them to one last conference win on Saturday, but you're going to try and strengthen the resume with this tournament. And, of course, Glenwood Springs being there might be a little bit of a problem for the Bulldogs. But uh, still, a very interesting thing about Palisade this year is Kendall McCaskill handles a lot more than she used to for the Bulldogs. She, uh, you know, not only is she into the hitting aspect of the game, but she's really started setting up a lot of things this year as well. Right. The Demons in Glenwood Springs have only lost one game in the month of October. They went 7-1 and one in the month that, with their only loss being to Battle Mountain, which was a five-set contest. Other teams at the tournament will be Delta, Pagosa Springs, Coleridge, and Eagle Valley. Looking at Meeker real quick, Meeker is third in the RPI rankings with their 17-2 record. The Cowgirls have not lost since September 20th, which means they have won 10 games in a row. They also went nine games 
without surrendering a single set before they finally lost a single set against Lyman, which was their last game. They still won that contest 3-1. to one. They're playing in the league tournament in Vail on Friday. They're competing against Vail Mountain and then Vail Christian. Then on Saturday, they faced West Grand and Paonia to round out pool play. One of the other tournaments taking place is the Bennett Bash. Basalt is the only Western Slope team taking place in that pool play. The Loghorns are 9-10. and 10. And they'll be playing against teams like Bennett, Brush, and Pinnacle High School all in the same weekend. Getting away from tournament play, local Grand Junction teams are not taking place in tournaments this weekend. Fruita Monument is having their last road game of the regular season against Thomas Jefferson on Halloween night. The Wildcats have won three out of their last four games and are riding a two-game winning streak, including their last night's win. Their most recent win was the other day on the 29th, which is actually last night, like I just said, against Eagle Valley, where they won in four sets. Nathan, you were there. Uh, yes, I was there. It was actually senior night for their three seniors, including Rachel Coffey. Anyone who follows Fruit of Volleyball can tell you Rachel Coffey has been just an absolutely massive talent for them. Um, and there were several students that showed up last night with signs just about her. Uh, you could definitely tell what she means to the program. And once again, every night, night in, night out, you know who's going to lead them in kills. You know who's going to be the the girl that's hustling all over the the court for the Wildcats. Not to discredit the others, of course, but coffee has been just a treat to watch this season as a senior. At the schools like Grand Junction High School, they have their last game of the season against Steamboat Springs at GJHS. So it will be their senior night. That game is on Friday, November 1st at 6. So far this year, the Tigers are 7-15. and 15. And then Montrose, they won their league but do not have a game this week. The Indians, probably one of the best teams going into the postseason. It's a, <laughs> it's a, a very good time to be from Montrose as far yeah. as high school sports go. You're number one in football, and they're the top-ranked local team in RPI in volleyball, I believe. It's the last time I checked that might have changed, but – or not the top-ranked team, but as far as Western Slope teams go. Yeah. It's, uh, and I mean, the Indians, they got it rolling in so many facets. What are they feeding their kids in Montrose? I would love <laughs> to find that out. We, we need to mention their their golf, their boys' golf, took home a state title oh, yeah. you know, a few weeks ago. So, again, getting spoiled down Looking there. for a clean sweep. <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure how their soccer team is doing. I have to look that up. But, yeah, and then finally to round it out, Cedar Ridge is sixth in the RPI rankings for 3A with their 18-1 record. I've been very high on the Bruins all year. Their only loss was against Cole Ridge a couple of weeks ago. The Bruins have two games left. Their next one is on Friday against Battle Mountain at Cedar Ridge. Their final game is against Pagosa Springs. As of for this week, that is all we got. Join us next week, same time, same place. I am Matt Kennedy, along with Nathan Deal. This has been the Colorado Preps Guest Western Soap Edition presented by Alpine.